Previously on the season finale of In the Name of Game. Quit getting mad at video games. Balls. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to In the Name of Game. Welcome once again to In the Name of Game, a video game podcast. Today is the 19th of April, 2012. And uh, welcome, everyone. It's been a long time. It's been, uh, God, has it been almost like a month? It's been like a month. (laughs) Yeah, it has been. It's been yeah. a very eventful month. It's, yeah, it's been pretty fucking crazy. Well, we're back after a little bit of a, a break, hiatus, I guess, if you will, involuntary one. Um, yep. And we have missed a bunch of really inter- interesting events, but uh, we'll try to catch up. And uh, we've got some new things, too, to talk about. We haven't introduced ourselves yet. Yes, I'm your host, AG. I'm your co-host, David. And I'm the other co-host, Colin. And Adam is mysteriously vanished somewhere undisposed <laughs> he's he's off on a secret uh, uh, super secret uh, spy mission somewhere mm-hmm. um, anyway yeah so uh, a lot has happened uh, while we were out um, there's been a whole lot of EA bashing oh yeah I'll just say that uh, I'll, <laughs> I'll just mention it really quickly because most people already know this um, that the uh, big chaos between the fans versus Mass Effect 3 and Bioware has kind of reached ahead, and then they finally agreed, yes, we will do um, a free DLC that... What? Right? <laughs> that basically fixes... Now, okay, doesn't fix the ending, but <laughs> d- disappointingly extends the ending and explains it and supposedly provides closure. So it's it's a double-edged sword here, because it's like, okay, we are technically getting the DLC that we wanted. However, it's not in the form we really want, because um, they're still keeping the crappy ending. They're just adding to it. So it's like a poop that they're trying to build <laughs> a building on top of, but the foundation is poop. So... <laughs> I don't know how that's going to work. It's, I think it's going to it's going to say something like, you know, Shepard died on the way back to his home planet or something like that, like Poochie, you know? Like Poochie D. Yeah, like Poochie. <laughs> yeah. But uh, regardless, that's going to be out sometime in summer. Now, knowing how dev cycles work, I would say if they are putting quality into this, I would not expect it before, I don't know, August. If you if you get it earlier than August, that means they were really rushing that shit together, but uh <laughs> The later, the better, honestly. Because, hey, this is the end of the trilogy, so make it a good one, right? True. Um, yeah, so I just wanted to get that off my chest, just because that's important to me. <laughs> so, <All right>. uh, <laughs> yes. Um, something important to Colin, I think, is uh, this little lesser-known... <laughs> lesser-known? <laughs> yes. oh, I, I disagree. I disagree. It's been reported that I, this, game, no. this game is the best-selling... It's the fastest-selling PSN game. You fell for the troll. I, fell for the I know I'm that punch it's you not. In the <laughs> I, I know it's not lesser known, you idiot. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just trying not to see if you took the bait, and you did. I did take the bait. Fuck you. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so Colin, talk talk about your favoriteest game right now. Oh man. Okay. So I don't have a PS3, and that was rough on me because when I saw that this game Journey was being released, and that was a PS3 exclusive. 
I was about ready to like just take my 360 and just throw it out in the backyard in the rain, you know. But then <laughs> I, I, ha- I had the opportunity to go to my friend's house when I was in New York and sit down and play this absolute beauty of a game. All right, and you have a PS3, don't you? Eugene? Yes, yes, I do. I have two. Why, of them why now. haven't you? Why, oh, why haven't you played it twice? Well, I haven't. <laughs> I haven't been able to use my PS3. I've been at work like nonstop work. for the past month. Work, work, works for chumps. You got to sit around like well, me a little bit. I do plan to get both Journey and Skullgirls, uh, hopefully this weekend or next weekend. So we'll talk more about that in a little bit. <laughs> Foreshadowing. Whoa. Foreshadowing the end of the show. Anyway, but, yeah, but, so. but for now, but about, you know, turning back to Journey, um, <laughs> you know, I think in the, in the past we've talked about, like, how how games should be portrayed or received as art. You know, we that's something that we talk about. It's just something I think that pops up once in a while with us. Right, and I right. think that this this Journey is, like, the example that I would point at and say, this is something that, uh, you know, can uh, what's the word? You know, people can recognize this as an actual piece of art because the gameplay isn't anything new. The gameplay isn't even the the game's strongest point. It's, it's visuals. It's the way it presents its story, and the soundtrack is really, really good. So, I mean, for it's those of you guys, there. yeah, it's absolutely beautiful. I mean, it, the soundtrack came out a week ago yesterday uh, on Tuesday, right? Mm-hmm. It'd be a week ago Tuesday, and I have not stopped listening to it since I got it. <laughs> I mean, it's that, it's that great. It's what just kind a, it's, of what kind of music is it? It's like kind of a classic. It's not classical. It's, it's orchestral. Like sort of. It's, is it, uh, is yeah, it it's minimalist. Like I would expect it's, it's, that. It doesn't. It's not play. really that minimalist. It's like it really. There's it focuses on the cello, right? There's a lot of cello going on in this. Mm-hmm. It's orchestral, so I mean, it's simple, but it's not. I wouldn't call it minimalist. Like it's really. It's full of a lot of what I like to call like I don't you know I don't have a better name for this stuff. It's like shiver chords. You know what I mean when you yeah. listen to music, and it strikes chords that that make you shiver. Right? Like it's just like <laughs> I mean, because it does. they're so awesome. Because they're awesome. They're great chords. Like there's one part at the very I'm not spoiling anything, but at the very beginning of the game, like uh, there's a certain part where you release something from a cage, mm-hmm. and like there's a there's like a chord there that you can hear in the music. It's wonderful. It's just great. Like everything about this game is just. So beautiful, have right? You, have you played Limbo? Yeah, I have played Limbo. This game, that game's just depressing. But well, Journey's I mean, but like I mean, like music-wise, does it fit the way that that kind of game had a relationship between the music and the Im- imagery? Yeah, I would say that because I mean, the, I mean, there's there's recurring themes in the music, and you know, the same little tune shows up here and there. But uh, I don't know. I think it has a different relationship than Limbo had. So you just don't like Limbo because it was depressing? Oh, I mean, Limbo was a good game, don't get me wrong. And I liked, you know, sometimes a depressing... I like Yume Niki, for God's sake. You can't say I don't like <laughs> depressing games, you know? Right, right. Uh-huh. But Journey is Journey is really, really uplifting, you know? It's like kind of in that same vein where you're just pretty much alone, right? Because the whole basis of the game is the fact... What are you laughing about? Nothing. <laughs> it's, not, it's not you. I swear it's not you. Sorry. That was, that was unintentional. Sorry. thinking of things in his head that are totally... Un- yeah. That's yeah. A- Sorry about that. But, I mean, the journey, I mean, it start. you start out in a desert, right? And you you start wandering toward this mountain. And you're all alone unless you're on the, the PlayStation Network. Like, it just drops somebody in randomly with you, right? Did and you, you can help... That? Did you try? Yeah, it, it does it automatically, right? If you're signed into PSN, oh. it'll just drop somebody in that's playing the game with you. Oh, that's right? awesome. Mm-hmm. And you, you can't see their name. You can't talk to them. The only thing you can do is like you can, like you can shout to them, right? Or like, like you just hold down the circle button, and it'll like shout at them, or just like let out a note. 
Now, what does the shout sound like? Is it? A- it's just. It sounds like a note. It sounds like a note off a cello, like somebody's plucking a cello string almost. Right. That's, cool. That's all it sounds like. So yeah. there's no voice. There's no. You can't see their name until the very end. After the credits, it says you journeyed with you know this guy, this guy, this guy, and this guy. Right. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, I mean, if you stay with the same guy, I'll just have one name. But sometimes, you know, you have different names. It's really cool. It's like, you know, it's amazing to see how, like, the less you know about a person, the more willing you are to help them, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's kind, of what, that's kind of what the designer had in mind when you read about what he wanted to do. It's, it's oh, my God, I love this game. It's so beautiful. It's a great game. It, it's not the best game, gameplay-wise, but, I mean, what they were doing, it's the same guys who did Flower and that game. It's for, it's for the feel more than... It's for the feel. It's, it, well, to, you know what? It's about the journey. <laughs> it's wow, that's clever. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a good one. That's what I did there. It was. It, no, it's. Like, it, you know, I'm going to use this. This is going to be the example. It's Shadow of the Colossus. You mean Nikki in this game? It's like you know, game. You say games can't be art, Ebert. Here, I'll shove this in your face, <laughs> and you'll like it. Yeah, you'll like, like it too. Stuff that in your sandwich. <laughs> so if you if you don't play it by next week, AJ, I'm going to be mad at you. <sighs> okay. It's only like so hard. <laughs> I want to play it. Is this? I got to find the time. Like I'm, I'm severely. You miss two playstations. <laughs> well, no? okay. One of them is my boyfriend's, but <laughs> mine's the better one because it's still it's the older version that still has the extra USB ports and shit. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Backwards compatibility. Take Woo! That, Take that, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, I've heard only good things about it. Likewise, I've heard only good things about Fez. <clears throat> so um, I'm glad indie games are really picking up the pace with the. It's like going nuts right now. Yeah, yeah. Fez, Fez. I've been watching my roommate play Fez again. It's he bought it, so he gets to play it first, you know. But I've been watching him play it, and the you know the first time you play it, like the first run through, it's all platforming. Mm-hmm. But then it turns into like something like Mist or Riven, where it's really puzzle driven. I was really surprised. And I'm not sure if I like that or not. You know, I, 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 this thing seems built on platforming, like kind of, you know, rev- not revolutionizing, but like kind of deconstructing the platformer. But it's you know? puzzles based off of um, the 3D element, right? Like having to, to rotate and... No, it's not really, because, I mean, if you've played Riven, it's like you have to discover how the how the Dunny numerical system works, right? That's like the whole basis of the game is figuring out how these numbers work, how these numbers are written and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And that's there's something that goes along with that in um, in Fez. It's there's a really similar gameplay element, hmm. and I'm not sure if that works so well in a game that's kind of built itself on being a platformer. Like there's a whole language that these people use that you can apparently figure out. I haven't quite gotten in that deep, but I've seen it. You know, hmm. seen my roommate get a little frustrated at it. So, <laughs> which you probably enjoyed. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I, I like seeing that. He likes seeing me get frustrated too. So. <laughs> it happens all the time, though. So yeah, it is. That is pretty much a daily occurrence. <laughs> but yeah, but that one's only for Xbox, right? Yep, just like Journey's only for PS3. Yeah, I wish uh, for some reason I thought Fez was going to be on Steam. I don't oh, know it's, why. It's going to be difficult to have that on Steam because a lot of the puzzles are based on like, like there's there's a there's a certain there's a puzzle where like if you get close to a certain object. The controller, mm-hmm. the controller vibrates in Morse code. Oh, really? <laughs> and because my roommate is a pilot, he knows Morse code. He can figure. Are out Are you what it serious? Says. Yeah, I'm dead Damn serious. It. That's cool. He, yeah, and there's also a part where he he found a QR code mm-hmm. and he scanned it on his phone and it, like it gave him a it gave him an answer to a puzzle. 
<laughs> wow, that's pretty creative. Yeah. yeah. There's all sorts of creative stuff. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah, well, good on them. I mean, I know there was a bit of a um, a thing after the creator of uh, Fez apparently said some inflammatory things about, I guess, the game industry. I, I can't remember specifically what it was, but I remember a while back, some people were like, oh, this guy sucks. But then <laughs> once his game came out and everybody loved it, they were like, well... He can say whatever he wants. I mean, the game is really... As long as he makes really cool games. And, <laughs> nice. But, um, I mean, I think it's true, honestly. Like, at the end of the day, you're not buying a game for what the dev says on, like, Twitter or something. You're buying the right. game for, for the game. So as long as the game is still high quality, who cares? <laughs> um, yeah, but, uh, yeah, so, so there's some great games there. Um uh, exclusively on the PC right now is uh, a piece of vaporware turned tiny less vaporware. <laughs> uh, uh, I think at one point on the show we had talked about um, the super non-existent Sonic the Hedgehog 2 HD project, yes. yep. which these this indie group had been working on for a while. Um, if you go to the Sonic, I think it's on sonicretro.org, um, or if you can just Google Sonic Retro, there's a whole website uh, made by these dudes who, uh, for seemingly forever now, they've been working on this like HD release of Sonic 2. And uh, while it sort of went away for a long time, now you can actually download a playable alpha release on their website. And uh, it's, it's only for PC right now. And for, and, I mean, very much PC, not even Mac can play it. But um, uh, it's and it's only Emerald Hill Zone so far, but because mm. uh, they're like still in such the early thing, but they've got like enough stuff done where they're like, well, let's just put it out there and get people uh, playing it. So, uh, so yeah, you can download it for free off their website and give it a whirl. And it's pretty fun to you know for anybody who's a diehard Sonic Two fan will love it because it's 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 exactly the same stages but just like you know gorgeous graphics and uh, re redone sound. Is, is that the one where they have like for one of the levels like the whale from like Sonic Adventure like uh, no no the... this was this that was like some dude who that was a guy who just like remastered some screenshots I oh, okay. he, yeah that was like a whole test where it was like well if it did exist this is what it might look like in yeah. like sort of like Sonic 2 in the style of Sonic 4 you know is what mm, that okay was. okay but, uh, but this is supposed to just look sort of like a 2D, like it's not supposed to feel 3D at all. It's supposed to feel 2D and just like smooth animation and, you know, obviously all the graphics are like up You can play it as high as like 2,000, you know, like up to a resolution of like 2,000 by something. You wow. Know, two, 2K version of the game, so that's pretty cool. That is cool. So yeah. is Sonic 2 HD been canceled? No, it's still going on. I think it's just that they... I think they were having some trouble maybe with the team, you know, the team was like either got busy or maybe somebody who was running the team sort of fell off because um, they stopped like updating for a really long time. And then suddenly they were like, oh, hey, everybody now. now you, can do uh, you know what? I'm looking at their Facebook page right now. Oh, yeah. Uh, it says uh, they talk about good news. It says the bad news for the project far outweighs it. Unfortunately, we cannot replace our lead programmer. 
as Lost kept the source code for himself, making it impossible for oh. the coded source material to be updated or Thanks. used as a base for newer builds. So I think uh, here it says right here, Sonic 2 HD is officially discontinued. Oh, oh. <laughs> well, no. we're right now. This was four hours ago. It was oh, yikes! Shit. Holy crap! Well then, Thank never you. mind. <laughs> Thank you, 4chan V. Jeez, <laughs> that sucks. Wait, why? Well, so he's being a greedy little bastard and like, nope. Yeah, he's pretty much just being a fuckhead. Damn it! Oh man, that sucks, huh? Well, sorry, everybody. <laughs> well, some so feel funny. sorry for David, man. You, you need to get your Sonic fix, man. I know. Well, no, it's, I've got uh, plenty you got of that. you got some other game. ways of doing that. Dude, I'm still, I mean, I'm, I don't know if I've talked about it on the show yet, but very briefly, I'm, I'm still going through my, my 2012 Sonic journey where I'm playing through every single Sonic that is featured in Sonic Generations. <laughs> like, playing... <laughs> <laughs> Playing through all the games, I actually just finished Sonic and Knuckles last night. So. Oh man, how long did that take? It's not very long, right? Yeah, Knuckles, Sonic and Knuckles actually didn't take very long. In fact, I actually accidentally re- erased my game when I was halfway through oh, it, God. so I had to start over again. But uh, but yeah, I've now played Sonic Colors. I've completed. I've uh, obviously Sonic One, Two, Three, and Sonic and Knuckles. I've I've just gone through all the Genesis. So next up is Sonic Unleashed, and then eventually Sonic Heroes, and. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Sonic Heroes. Well, Sonic Heroes is actually pretty great from what I understand, especially when you compare it to games like Sonic and the Secret Rings. Well, so. <laughs> that might not be that hard to do, though. I mean, unfortunately, uh, I don't have to play that game because it's not featured in Sonic Generations, so uh, I won't, won't have to touch it. Good. But, but uh, yeah, and then uh, I'm saving the best for last. Sonic Adventure and Sonic Adventure 2 will be the last two ones I play before diving into Sonic Generations, so mm. uh, pretty much I've just confirmed that I'm the biggest loser <laughs> in oh, no. the universe. But, uh, yeah. And then, uh, just to wrap up all this Sonic shit, uh, so I found a fantastic gem on the internet the other day by accident. Um, apparently, in uh, honor of the whole 20th anniversary thing, Sega... Uh, produced and released an official Sonic documentary called Sonic the Hedgehog Birth of an Icon. And the whole thing is on YouTube right now. You can you can go check it out. And it's totally awesome. It's I uh, was telling Iggy before we started the show that I, I fully suspected that it was just going to be some super bullshit, <laughs> like, you know, like giant long commercial released by Sonic that's just like, you know, Everybody was making mascots, so we did too, you know, <laughs> like that, that we've all heard a million times. But no, I mean, there is some of that, but uh, this this is like a all-the-way documentary with like some really cool and uh, seriously raw information in there where they they talk about, and it's, and it's especially fascinating just because of how much the game industry has seemingly evolved that like it sort of gives an inside look at what was it like to work in the game industry and to be competing at that level you know um circa you know 1992 basically and um uh there's there's this part well basically they, they talk about how sega was like suffering and they were developing Sonic the Hedgehog as a possible replacement for what was it for like Alex Kidd I think. Yes, oh, Alex Kidd. God, Alex Kidd. And like they said that <laughs> they they talk about how like there was Sega you know Sega Japan and then Sega of America had opened and they were um, basically they're like okay we're gonna put our console out there and it wasn't really selling that well but it also just wasn't advertised very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 
uh, you know, like basically they were using it as a conduit to port uh, arcade games. So like Golden Axe, Altered Beast, all that stuff came out and it was, wasn't selling. And so they started this Sonic the Hedgehog thing. And then the the big moment apparently was like they kept developing more and more and more. And it's great because it's cool. They talk about like why the game feels the way it does and how these were like specific things that the director had thought about in terms of like how basically how games were played before the days of saving games you know mm-hmm. saying like yeah you know he's like i designed sonic the hedgehog to be f-. he's like i wanted speed to be the main feature of the game and he's like the thought process behind that was that um you know before you could save games you would you had a tendency that you would have to play the first stage like a billion times, you know, because like if you ever wanted to play it again to get to whatever stage, or if you died or if you had to start over, you'd have to go through Green Hill Zone again. And he's yeah. like, he's like, I wanted to make it so that when the player, the more the player played the game, the faster he could run through the game because you would become like a, a master at it. And he's like, the idea being that you could actually get so good that Sonic would actually just fly off the edge of the screen. Um, <laughs> I'm sure all of us oh experienced that. Yeah. And, uh, and so, yeah, he's, so that's, I guess that's the whole inspiration behind this speed. But anyway, um, yeah, there's this epic moment where it was this amazing, perfect storm of like, everybody hold your breath, I guess, where like, they're, you know, Sega's making Sonic. That's sort of almost done. They've got like an alpha version out and they're like just showing sort of like what Green Hill Zone looks like. And like Sega of America is like starting to get involved now and like mm-hmm. they're they're sort of taking a look at it and they're like, wow, this is, this is crazy awesome. And, um, and like, it's, it's beautifully art directed and the game just looks really colorful. And then, and they knew they were like, well, I think that Nintendo is going to release a 16 bit system. That's going to have like, what would I remember? It was like the super Nintendo has like 2000 something, something colors, you know, and, uh, <laughs> 2000 colors well no, and because genesis right only, back then yeah. genesis only had 512 colors and so um so and then and then this documentary makes this whole point about how like i guess nintendo at the time was just like a juggernaut at the and like if you were working in the game industry it was like there was nintendo as this like sort of giant big brother company that was just like just cast this massive shadow over all of the developers mm-hmm. and Sega was saying like as big as it seemed like the Nintendo budget was like 10 times that of Sega so like to compete with it in any regard was just really tough and so Sega the only way that it could compete was to basically make these ads that were like smear ads you know and um and they said that there was like two major things that that made them able to survive and the one was like the scariest day ever, they said, which was CES, well, you know, CES 92, I guess. Mm-hmm. Since Nintendo was the big, you know, vendor, basically, they got to open CES. They had their big press conference and they were like announcing Super Nintendo, <laughs> thousands of colors, like Super Mario World, you know, cool. Like, and uh, everybody's like, wow, holy shit, cool. And they're like, all right, everybody, and enjoy CES. And so, like, they were the only one. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> Doors open, and apparently, there's the Sega, there's the Sega of America guy at the booth, which was just this tiny booth in comparison to Nintendo. And like, literally, the doors fly open. All the press people go in. Some dude runs straight to the Sega booth and like sticks a microphone in the Sega guy's face, and he goes, 
Super Nintendo has thousands of colors. Sega only has 512 colors. Your response. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. And um, I guess the Sega of America guy plays it totally cool, and he's just like, uh, come with me. I want to show you something. <laughs> brings the, he brings the reporter into this room where there's two televisions set up, and on the left is Mario World, and on the right oh, God. is Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh-huh. Sonic the Hedgehog is like on demo mode, and it's going through Green Hill Zone. And the Sega guy goes, you tell me which monitor has more colors. And, uh, and I guess the reporter was like, wow, and was just totally blown away. And that's really more processing. Did he I, mention I, I thought that's, processing? I thought, that's, I thought that was going to be the birth, uh, the birth of uh, Blast processing. processing. Yeah. Blast uh, processing. Pulling it out of his ass, basically. There was another, there's, and then there, I guess there was one more thing that happened, and you can look this up on YouTube too, but... Iggy, you might actually remember this advertisement that there was this ad that ran that I guess was a controversial ad. And Sega, you know, after that CES, they were like, okay, well, we know we have a good product here. Mm-hmm. And Sega of America got together with the director of Sonic the Hedgehog, right? Mm-hmm. They were like, okay, we have like one opportunity to kick Nintendo in the face. <laughs> and we had, well, and they basically said, like, uh, you know, I guess at the time, N- North America was like the huge, huge game market, and that's where all the money was coming from at the mm. time. And so Sega of America was like, well, we're just about to release Sonic the Hedgehog, but not yet. And they were like, okay, what could we do to like really fucking, we got to stick it to them, and we only got one chance. And so they went to Japan, and they talked to the president of Sega, and I guess they were like, okay, man, we've got two things to tell you, and you're not going to like it. And they're mm. like, think that this is the way to beat Nintendo. And they're like, the first thing is we want to make Sonic the Hedgehog a pack-in game with the Genesis. Mm. And the, the president immediately was like, what? Like, what? Like, <laughs> what are you talking about? He's like, Sonic the Hedgehog is A-plus software. And he's like, we can, he goes, if you're telling me that I'm going to take the A software and pack it in with our, you know, for free? Oh, God. It's like, no, the money is in the software. And then the two guys just didn't say anything. And then they go, yeah, about that. We also think that we should lower the price of the (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> 99 to 149 and the dude i guess jumped out of his chair and kicks the chair across the room oh. he's like you guys are fucking idiots and he's like no and he like <laughs> out to leave i guess he gets to the door and then he turns around and he says to the Sega of america guy he goes i hired you to find me a way to beat nintendo and he's like and if you really think that this is the thing that's going to beat Nintendo, then do it. And so, mm, after all that yelling and and so, it sounds like Steve Ballmer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they put together an ad that, and I don't know if this rule was an old rule or if it's a it's a, or if it's a rule that's only in Japan. But apparently, if you advertise your competitor in your commercial, mm-hmm. say it in a sort of negative way. This is probably why commercials have the phrase the other leading brand and they don't actually say the brand. Yeah, yeah. But apparently if you do that you have to clear it with them. You have to like clear oh. it with the editor. So they didn't or something? So they made this ad which you can find on YouTube which is this sort of POV shot of somebody going into a game like store, right? Mm-hmm. It's like a there's like a car salesman sort of guy and there's two televisions set up, one with Mario World and one with Genesis and big 
this was going to be the commercial that was going to announce to the world the new price of the Genesis, and uh, and it has giant price tags. One and Nintendo says one ninety nine, Genesis one forty nine. Mm-hmm. Car salesman guy is sort of like, hey, how's it going, buddy? Like, uh, let me show you this new thing. It's called the Super Nintendo, and like, look at all these, uh, look at all these colors, and the POV dude like puts his arm up and points to the Genesis and says like what's that and the guy's like well this is Genesis you know it's 149 and it's got Sonic the Hedgehog but uh, you don't, you're not you don't want to be interested in that look at this more expensive <laughs> this is what it's like. <laughs> clever well, yeah like this looks more fun I think I want the Genesis and the guy's like oh you know and it's like you know Sega Genesis now with Sonic the Hedgehog only 149 and uh, and I guess uh you know the rules are that they had to clear that with Nintendo, but the Sega, the Sega dude was just like, well, if we show this to Nintendo, they might not let. They're going to say no, probably. <laughs> and, they, and the whole idea was they were going to show this during the Super Bowl, oh. and uh, and so I guess like they were like, okay, here's what we're going to do: we'll show <laughs> Nintendo, but we'll show them three days before Super Bowl, mm-hmm. and if they tell us to pull it, we'll just go. Well, there wasn't enough time, <laughs> and so. <laughs> so what did they say? Did they actually? I guess Nintendo responded like sort of like confused. They're like, "Here's our ad." And Nintendo was like, "Well, well, I don't know about this ad." And they were like, "Well, you know, we already sold the advertising space, and so uh, there's nothing we can do about it." <laughs> and so, and they so they, of, they didn't get on their case about it. Well, I think Nintendo probably got upset, but they were somehow able to get away with it without pulling the ad. Wow. And so, the ad ran on Super Bowl, and I guess within a week, sales like tripled. At- Shit! <laughs> so Sega like came in and totally just like pulled the rug out from under Nintendo, and it was like all of this happened in just like a span of a few weeks. Apparently, <laughs> it's ridiculous. So anyway, that was about an Isn't hour. Isn't that kind of sad though? That like you have that seemingly happy ending, but you know how the story plays out. <laughs> in the end, Nintendo wins. <laughs> Yeah, it's too bad, huh? Oh, but... That is really sad. Oh no! It <laughs> <laughs> makes me sad. That makes me sad because I had a Genesis when I was little, and not a not a Nintendo. Who didn't, right? I mean, oh, I'm, awesome. I'm, all, all my fr- I'm, I was pretty much the only kid that had a Genesis. All my other friends what? had like an NES or an SNES. Sucks. <laughs> <laughs> what? That I, sucks. I too. Yeah, that's, that's, whatever. Whatever. I was the only one who had Sonic Three and Knuckles, bitches. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, the memories. Yeah, sorry, that was like the entire podcast. But uh, and that, see you guys next week. Yeah, <laughs> but definitely check out check out the uh, check out that thing. It's birth of an icon. It's really fun. So whole thing is on you. It's like it's like forty five minutes or something. So. That's pretty cool, though. I mean, uh, sometimes you don't get to see that side of of things, you know, and and it's usually not until way later that people usually want to talk about this kind of stuff. So yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So, yeah. anyway, uh, so yeah, um, which you were, uh, Edgy, you were mentioning about uh, what is it? There's like an online UR band. Oh, okay. So, kind of tying into the whole EA sucks <laughs> sort of bandwagon. <laughs> um, what Origin had been doing, I guess, before was if you were naughty enough in some way to get banned on EA's Origin. Now, normally, if you were banned on Steam or something else, like you would expect that the ban would apply to the multiplayer components of those games. But Origin went an extra mile and banned all offline content as well. <laughs> 
So you would buy, say, for example, you buy Mass Effect 3 and maybe you were a bit douchey one day. You just had a bad day or something like that. And then they ban you. So you can't finish playing as Commander Shepard because Origin's like, fuck you, buddy. And it will just not let you play anything else. So this week they um, quietly... Uh, removed the ban uh, for offline content. I mean, of course, if you're banned, you still can't do the multiplayer sections of these things, but at least now you can actually pay the uh, play the game you paid for, um, which is a little ridiculous to me that it took them this long to enact that. But I, I guess better late than never. <laughs> I just think that that's one of those dangers that, uh, you know, they're always trying to get people to buy games on Origin. Like, you know, they have the sales and stuff, but I will always buy those physical discs as long as I can because it's like, I just don't trust EA. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, I mean, they haven't really given me any reason to trust them. So, you know, I mean, Steam uh, has gone through many years of, of upgrades and, you know, learning and progress and that sort of thing. And I think it's become... Uh, a source of, of games that I could actually trust. I know there, okay, there have been some issues with both of these um, services where, you know, somebody has a customer service complaint and maybe they're less than helpful getting back to you, but I usually don't have to even resort to that on Steam. On on Origin, ugh, I'm not looking forward to that. Somebody was saying they had... Um, I think either emailed or called a customer support person on Origin, being really frustrated frustrated about not getting, I think, a um, refund or something when they were supposed to get one. And the person couldn't do anything at the time. And he's like, what the fuck is this? And the pers- and the, the representative goes, yeah, I know, Origin sucks. Like, okay, so you have a representative <laughs> like, that's yeah. actually saying that their own product sucks. So it's like... <laughs> Why would I want to give them more money? <laughs> I don't think I'm going to do that. No. Um, yeah, but uh, there's there's them being stupid. Well, uh. Speaking of EA, I'm having a serious crisis of conscience about this whole Sin City thing. Like, uh, you know, they've, they've been EA or Maxis or whoever is handling this now has been gradually releasing like gameplay and development videos about SimCity, and I'm just sitting here like, oh my god, I want to get this game, but I know... You're going to have to buy it on, like, Origin I'm gonna, or I'm going to have to sell my... Actually, I read that they're not going to require Origin. Really? They're still, still going to have, you know, it to be online, I think. Uh, wait, yeah, so how the fuck is that going to work? Uh, they're, who they're fucking trying knows? To, anything who fucking that's, knows? Anything that's online-based on EA, it's like they're yeah. really pushing for Origin yeah. to be the provider. I, I don't... Huh. I, uh, it's just... Oh, fuck. Ah, I, I mean, I really want to get... <laughs> I really want to give Maxis my money. I fucking love SimCity, but I also don't want EA Games having my money. So it's just like, I don't know. I don't know. Hmm. Uh, I'm going to cry. I'm going to go have a beer and cry about this. <laughs> well, after the show. <laughs> I'm going to do it right now. Oh, God. Anyway, so, but yeah, so there's that. Um, in, in terms of conflicts, actually, I want to mention really quick, I just noticed this today. That uh, there's this guy, this novelist, that is trying to sue Ubisoft. And randomly enough, game trailers as well, which I don't think they have as much of a stake in that. But So this guy, um, his name, he's an American author. His name is John Bayswinger. Bayswinger? I'm not really sure you pronounce it. Um, So he's basically suing Ubisoft because he claims that he wrote a novel called Link in 2002 and he claims that assassin's creed basically ripped off his idea now 
you might say like how is that possible where well basically he's saying that the idea of the animus in the assassin's creed game you know the device that lets uh, the main character desmond kind of go back into the memories and like relive the memories of his ancestors is the device from the the book link like it's it's called link device which does the same thing essentially uh let's see what it says access ancestral memories relive specific moments in history just like the animus so in terms of the assassin side it says his novel discusses assassinations and has spiritual and biblical tones that are also found in assassin's creed that sounds a bit more vague however the device does not (laughs) so I'm I'm really curious as to how that's going to go. And right now, he's only I know it sounds like a lot, but really, he's only seeking 5 point to 5 million dollars in damages. Now, that's millions. However, the Assassin's Creed Assassin's games Creed's are made, like made, yeah. billions. <laughs> I think the Assassin's Creed franchise is worth more than God itself. Yeah. So, um the, the, the thing is, he wants that in damages, and he also wants a cessation of future copyright infringement, which is sort of funny, because if 3 is the last Assassin's Creed game, I guess that's naturally kind of going to be accomplished, unless, you know, maybe they work out something with him or not. Yeah. Um, but it's funny that he asked for $5 million in, in damages, because it sounds like a lot, but that actually sounds like something that could be arranged. You know, like, I can totally see Ubisoft, if they don't have much of a case here, working out at least some kind of settlement close to that with the guy. I'm, I'm imagining, like, a hilarious image in my head of, like, Ubisoft at one end of the table with, like, three executives and uh, this dude on the other end and the dude, like, so super mad and being like, <laughs> you guys, you know, and I've got hard-clad proof and all this, and, the, like, the other dudes on the other side of the table, like, sweating like crazy, and then being like, him being like, I've got all this, I could take you to court, and blah, 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 so here I am with my court order, and I'm suing you for five million dollars, and the <laughs> Ubisoft guys being like, Oh no! <laughs> so it's like, sort of like it's like Austin Powers. One billion dollars. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like oh damn! Well, dude, you won. <laughs> so, like fighting. Well, realistically, if you got five million dollars, you're pretty much set unless you do something really stupid to. Yeah, unless you're a total fuck up. Yeah. So it might be smart on on the. Uh, the side of this guy to to look for 5.25 because it's like okay you might actually get that amount instead of being one of those idiots ask for like 80 million dollars or something like that where it's starting to get into that realm of you know i think we're just gonna fight this (laughs) instead because we're gonna pay for amazing lawyers to just destroy you and that's the thing like i'm sure there is a fine line between like a payable rate and one that they're like no (laughs) no we're gonna do this but uh i do think it's interesting if that is accidental that's a hell of a coincidence like because it does sound i mean it makes you kind of want to read the book which maybe is another good reason for him to do the suit because it's going to draw attention to it and people are going to be like well i want to check out this book and see yeah (laughs) so he'll get the the settlement and more people buying his book. So. You should put a little sticker on the front of his book, as seen in the testimony, <laughs> the popular <laughs> Ubisoft as, trial. As court ruled in Ubisoft <laughs> versus John Weiswanger. As seen on court TV. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But, no. uh, 
Um, yeah, so that, I thought that was pretty interesting. I mean, this isn't like one of those things where, you know, like there's a patent and someone's like, hey, I also was planning a motion control device, <laughs> you know, like... <laughs> It's like, right. but uh, you could have done that differently. You know, this sounds a bit more specific. So there actually might be some weight behind it. But yeah. I guess we'll see what happens with that. You know how slow court cases move anyway. Um, yeah. I'm sure it won't even get solved till like, or settled till probably after the game releases anyway. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's that. Uh, in terms of upcoming games, actually, most people may have already seen the lovely CG cutscene and no gameplay filled um, trailer for Dishonored, which is uh, going to be published by Bethesda. It's crazy. It looks like a mix between like, it's like diesel punk and Assassin's Creed slash thief and like Bioshock a little bit. Have you guys oh, seen boy. it? Have yeah. you seen it? No. I haven't seen it yet. No. It's actually, it looks pretty cool. So it's this stealthy guy. He's in this very, uh, what did someone call it? On Joystick, they call it early industrialization era neo-Darwinism. <laughs> so, uh, what? <laughs> so what's weird is like they have people in these kind of, um, I guess it's technically futuristic uh, mech type things because we obviously couldn't have them now. But it looks like it's in an old, like, that's why I say diesel punk. It's like a, not steampunk necessarily, but like a diesel punk sort of era where you have cars for some reason on rails, like train rails. But then you have like mech suit robot people that are also wandering around. And then the, the main guy is this stealthy dude that does assassinations. But in addition to using, you know, regular weapons, he has some kind of marker or something on his hand that when discharged lets him either slow down time or do like a blast or something like that, which is the part that makes me think of Bioshock. And it's hmm. first person too. So this is another element that, you know, reminds me of actually Thief. Like I I thought at first before I saw the company and the name, I was like, is this going to be Thief 4? Because, you know, they were <laughs> they were teasing that for quite a while. Like, the only thing I've seen of Thief 4 is the fucking title that they made. Like, oh, Thief 4 with, like, th for Thief. You know, it's like where the, I think the the E is like a 4 or some shit like that. Okay. Do you remember seeing that? No. Um, yeah. People are like, how do you pronounce that? The Thief. Thief, Thief, um, yeah, but so I thought that was going to be that at first, but it's not. It's published by Bethesda, but the developer is actually Arcane Studios. Now, Arcane, I think, has only done, like, two games in the past, so I'm curious what exactly the gameplay will look like, because this is CG rendered. So they could make, it could be like Dead Island. Like, they had an amazing trailer. Well, that's exactly what I was going to ask. You said it had no gameplay, and I was going to no say, gameplay. so it's basically like Dead Island's trailer, which turned out to be a complete disappointment? Well, that yeah, that's what I'm wondering. This one looks like it's trying to simulate gameplay, so I'm hoping that indicates, like, it actually is close to, to that. I, it's supposed to come out this year, probably, you know, end of the year. So I would think maybe when I go to E3, I'll try to see if, you know, they get some news on it at that point. But the only two games they made beforehand was um, Dark Messiah of Might and Magic in 2006 and Arx Fatalis in uh, 2002. So they did some design assistance for Bioshock 2, which kind of explains why I got the Bioshock vibe. But um, other than that, I don't know very much about it. This guy wants vengeance because they mentioned vengeance in the trailer. <laughs> well, people always want vengeance. Well, that's that's the funny <laughs> thing. Have you noticed that? Like lately, that's the the topic of the 
the day for like most uh, video game heroes, vengeance. It didn't used to always be vengeance. It was like exploration or you know v- adventure or something. Now it's all about vengeance. Like everybody's just pissed off. I think so. Like maybe it's channeling something about the community. I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, you want to hear something kind of cool? Actually, it's not that. Nope. It's kind of disappointing. <laughs> what? Why would I want to hear it if it was disappointing? I don't know. <laughs> Uh, well it's disappointing because it's disappointing because it's kind of skyrim related and in the end that game was kind of like eh no no Uh, no it was eh, (laughs) no 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 no. it was eh in the end all right it's only eh. but bethesda is adding over 200 connect voice commands to the 360 version of skyrim that's cool so so basically what they're saying is that i can sit in my living room yell foos roda right is that basically (laughs) what they're telling me i would assume that i could Oh my god! I'm gonna drive my roommates crazy. But I thought you said you weren't excited about it. Well, I'll be excited to piss my roommates off. God. <laughs> so we have a uh, shameless plug for uh, a good friend of ours, uh, whose long, long, long um, personal journey has come to an end. We've mentioned before on this show, uh, one of our former colleagues was developing an independent video game. Um, and that and, video game happened to be. And uh, now, uh, that that shit finally is uh, is out. So uh, it it is it called. Is. It is sorry, sorry, I was distracted. Uh, anyway, yeah. So it's finally out. It is available on XBLA and PS3. It's called Skull Girls. We've mentioned it before, um, and the fighting game is uh, is totally all the way out now. It's it's made. It's it's totally surreal to see it showing up on like Metacritic now. You know, it's it's getting great reviews. It's, it's last time I checked, it had an 80 on Metacritic, which is like, you know, like we've talked. It's funny we've talked before about how like. You know, there's sort of the old game rating system and the new game rating system, and I sort of feel like Metacritic is like the last place where it sort of averages out to be like how old you know GamePro re- reviews used to be. You know, um, so it's like it's like an 80 on uh, Metacritic actually translates to places like IGN giving it like a 9.0. You know, yeah. so it's but the game is great. It's, it, they're giving it great reviews and uh, and the Fan like the users are responding extremely positively. I looked at it on uh, it had last time I saw it, it had like a four I think it was like a four point two rating on PSN out of five. That's so good. It's pretty good. Yeah. Holy yeah, crap. But as you were saying before, I, one thing that they desperately need is a move list apparently for all the oh, characters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there's there's still no move list. It's it's funny actually. There's a subreddit. Um, for Skullgirls, you can go to like you know Reddit slash R slash Skull uh, Skullgirls, and there's like t- hundreds of users on there all discussing the game right now. And you know there's like a you know one of the most upvoted discussions is is the move list. Basically, people are like discovering the moves and just posting it themselves. Basically, and uh, but I talked to Alex um, the week that it came out and was sort of uh, was sort of asking him like, well, what is he doing these days now that the game is out? And he's you know he's sort of you know he's sort of in a cave i guess you know he's not really he's not like really hugely like going crazy or anything like right like right now but uh he is obviously like watching keeping an eye on like how the community's responding yeah and i asked him like well are you working on another game and he's like well it's going to depend on 
obviously how well the sales do on Skullgirls. But uh, in the meantime, he's he's working right now. The team is working right now to release updates, and uh, updates, of course, will include things like move list, um, probably right within the game in the extras menu. But if before then, it'll also be on the Skullgirls website. So, uh, but yeah, I asked them. You know, uh, our friend uh, Alex is a rather eccentric guy, <laughs> and um, he he had one of the best quotes uh, for for those of you who aren't familiar. The game is a fighting game with eight eight uh, characters, all girls, uh, who are fighting for something called like the it's like the skull. I'm not sure exactly what it is, but it's this it's basically this MacGuffin item, this like Isn't it a heart or something like that? The skull heart, I, I, I think. Can't remember. Like skull heart. Skull I need heart. I still need to buy it, so I, I have to I get it's some just, catching up to do. It's a mysterious like it basically like each one of the characters sort of has um, a question or something that they are trying to get solved and they're hoping that this device will help them or well like for example I uh, forget what her name is, but one of the main characters, uh, she kind of just doesn't know who she is anymore. She lost all of her memories, and she has like a demon attached to her head. <laughs> and uh, the, and basically, her she has to work with this demon in order to win, um, to win this competition. And hopefully, when she gets this device, it'll get her memories back. So that's that's just one example out of the eight girls. So, but yeah, the the day it came out, I remember I said to Alex, I was like, "Holy crap, dude!" I'm like. Um, I said, how, how do you feel? Do you, do you feel like you just had a child or something? And Alex's response was, I feel like I had eight girls and they can all fight each other and fly. Well said, Alex. Well said. <laughs> so if we're extreme, extreme, I know we've talked about it before, but if we're extremely lucky, we might be able to get him on the show and maybe talk about the whole experience and how he's doing and how the game's doing and everything. Yeah, that'd be that's awesome. an in your and that's an that's an in the name of game exclusive right exclusive. there. Well, I'm exclusive. Mean, I'm sure maybe other places have interviewed him already. But... No, it's an exclusive, okay? <laughs> <laughs> but we're his pals. We're his yeah, buddies. He is a noby, but he's my buddy too, I guess. Check this out. This is this is as surreal as it gets to me. Like I was I was on an online uh, I was on like an online like chat lobby the other day and I was saying to somebody, I was like, Hey, I'm like, do you have such and such? And they weren't responding. And I was like, yo, are you there? And they were like, Oh, and this is like somebody I don't really know even. And they were like, Oh, sorry. But they're like, I'm kind of distracted. I'm watching a video stream of this, of this game. And I was like, what? what? And they're like, yeah, I'm watching like there's this online video stream of people playing a tournament right now. I was like, they're like, it's a new fighting game. It's called Skullgirls. Oh, you were like, what? I was like, oh my god! <laughs> like, <laughs> immediately got a hold of Alex. I'm like, dude, people are like streaming video, like playing your game right He's now. He's probably like, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, when I tried to, yeah, I mean, Alex is so laid back. Like, I the when I first messaged him, and I was like, your game is on IGN. It just, I just watched the video review, and his response was just like, that's pretty cool. Hey, did you hear that Morgan Freeman doesn't even <laughs> man or you know like he links me to like you know some like slash film or something some article and he's like LOL man it's hilarious and I'm like oh, dude wow. aren't you isn't your mind like buzzing right now so, but yeah that's uh, how humble he is yeah, he's he's an interesting fellow so <laughs> yeah um but so yeah everybody everybody buy it yes yeah, everybody buy it and play it. It's, it's definitely cool. worthwhile. Like, there's so much creativity 
that's in that series that well i mean a game i'm hoping it becomes more of a series like they build on it but yeah. he has he has so many interesting little ideas in his head like i would love to see what he comes up with next yeah certainly yeah, like I hopefully mean, this is like the gateway to more Alex Ahad games. Yeah, I uh, really hope this so. Is the gateway drug to fighting games. <laughs> it's really funny. Like I was looking for the the credits. There's like the game credits in the game, and I mean this is Alex's baby. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's his thing, and so I I fully expected the you know when I opened up the credits for his name to be like super huge and it to be like you know. Creator and Messiah of Skull, you know, <laughs> Alex the Hod. But no, like he's like the I think he's like the fifth name down on the list. <laughs> and uh, wow. it starts and it's like I forget what the name of his company is that he made for this thing, but it's like you know something something games, and then there's like someone someone CEO, someone someone COO, someone someone like financially like this and this, someone someone chief creative officer, and then finally it's like you know creator slash art director Alex Ahad and mm-hmm. then like 75 trillion other names go up <laughs> I'm like oh my well God. I believe they had like contractors and stuff for some of the animations so it's yeah. like he probably this is my assumption only I, I guess we could verify with him later like I'm assuming he did a lot of like the main keys for a lot of the animation you know yeah. to kind of set it up and he obviously did the character designs but um, yeah I'm sure he kind of, kind of did the foundation essentially for the look and feel of of the whole game, and then there's, there's a uh, if you go to the Skullgirls website, um, there's a really cool uh, featurette on there. There's like a video that you can watch that's all, and it has Alex in it, and he's talking about that process that you're describing right now. Mm-hmm. Like he he breaks it down and he's like he says exactly that. He's like yeah, he's like I I would go and then like basically sketch out the main ideas. He's like and then this whole team of animators like made it look great. And they have to mimic his style too, because it's like they've did a they've done a pretty crazy job of of making all those uh, designs look consistent. Because yeah. I always used to think he had like I mean he does have a very unique uh, look about his drawings. It's like unimitatable. <laughs> but apparently it is imitatable because people. Well, yeah, to... I mean, and the and of course the massive challenge of like not only making his very unique drawing style like move so well but also feel very volumetric and uh you know these characters that have to interact with each other in such intense ways you know but uh yeah i mean i i have yet to really tear into the game fully myself i've i've played it a little bit but from what i understand the game has all kinds of amazing crazy gameplay features i mean not only the usual things of crazy special moves and really bizarre attacks but from what i also understand you can do i mean from what I've seen, I think you can, you can even do like crazy finishing moves and stuff like that. Mm. Uh, so I saw in I saw in the IGN review, or no, in the game trailers review, they have like some <laughs> some pretty awesome videos showing like some really horrific things that you can do to the other characters. So um, like there's this nurse character, uh, I forget what her name is, but man, like um, she there's like some scene where like if you you know I'm assuming like when you're about to finish the fight. You do this one thing, and then it cuts to this full-screen video thing where it's like a POV, mm-hmm. and it's like you're underneath an operating table. Oh, God. And uh, you see her face like come over, and she's like, now, just relax. This won't hurt a bit. And then like there's this horrific shriek, you know, like, <laughs> and there's like a flash, and her face turns into like a skull for a second. <laughs> and then it goes black, and then it goes back to the gameplay, 
and it's you know like those those little like I don't know what they're called, but there's those like rolling sort of you see them in hospitals. There's those like rolling sheets. A where, gurney or whatever? No. Well, it's it's like uh it's like a separator, like a divider, like mm-hmm. a hospital divider. Oh and yeah yeah yeah. So there's like a bunch of those have been set up around where the character used to be, and there's just like blood splattered all over them, <laughs> and like the character's just like taking off her nurse gloves calmly in the foreground. <laughs> And it's like, oh man, the person just got hacked. It's pretty sweet. That's, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. We'll have it's to play that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so. not much of a fighter person, but it sounds pretty cool, actually. Well, it, it's, 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 it's got to play it, too, so we can all play. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, but what? Yeah. So you, can, you can do, like, you can play online, apparently, on the PSN and XBLA. You can, like, set up lobbies and, like, play with each other over the network. You can play across awesome. platforms? Uh, uh, I doubt that. Oh, I was going to say, that's what I thought you were getting at. I'm like, whoa, no way. That would be rad That play. would be awesome. But, uh, <laughs> I don't know if anything's managed. What game has managed to do that? Any? Um, well, Portal, I guess, right? Portal 2 can Portal. do it. But uh, that was a special it. case. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I can't think of anything else. And even then, Man. I think that was just between PS3 and PC, right? Yeah, it was just PS3 and Steam. So, yeah. Yeah. That sucks. You know, I never really thought about that. It's like, you don't have any cross... Well, it, it takes a lot more work to make that yeah. compatible. That's the shitty thing. It's like, what's the payoff, really? I'm a, for, for all the work that it would take to research how that's even possible, it might not be, you know, doable for most businesses. They might right. be like, ah, oh, fuck it, just, you know, different consoles. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Anyway, so that that sounds pretty awesome. So Skullgirls, be sure to pick it up. Pick it up. Pick it up. End of shameless plug. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps end of show. We've been running. Uh, we've, that's that rounds oh. us out to about an hour tonight. Oh wow. Okay. So. Well, until next week, you guys. Uh, we will be trying to catch up with games. And uh, if you have any questions, comments, or any topics you would like us to talk about, uh, you can email us at nameofgamepodcast at gmail.com. We have a website, in the name of game.com where you can catch uh, previous shows, make comments on shows, all that good stuff. Uh, we have a Facebook, Facebook group, In the Name of Game. We also have Twitter, at In the Name of Game. So we announce whenever we have a new episode on, that, on t- uh, Twitter. And uh, I think that's, yeah, that's all of them. <laughs> we have so many, so many different ways to contact us. Um, yes, but until next time, we're your hosts, and we're saying have a great... Quit getting mad at video games. I uh, know. <laughs> have fun playing games. Don't get mad at them. Don't get... Just don't get mad at them. Just don't get mad at them, guys. <laughs> mad is a gateway for Okay, bye guys. Later. Bye.